Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. This show is called First Things First, my first thing today. My first thing every day, giving thanks and giving praises and asking for blessings from God. Asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders and getting it moving. Happy Talking Point Tuesday. This is the roadmap for First Things First, the show, our one we focus on the left coast, what's going on on this side of town uh, as we broadcast live from Lamert Park, Africatown, USA. Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person of interest. You are invited. You're invited in always because um, really it's about conversation, reciprocity, dialogue. It's not just me on this mic. It's you on this phone, 800-920-1580, That's the address to get on that red, black, and green carpet and be invited right in. There is um, always, 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 even if there's a guest on the mic, uh, room for you to speak out. And I love when you do. Um, We are, of course, the day after the uh, Iowa caucuses. Yeah. So we'll talk about that hour too, um, unless you bring it up now. But, you know, I try to look local um but man almighty we got our work cut out for us this year this 2024 year is going to be uh, an intense one for the conscious and the active hour two i'll be joined by uh, award-winning journalist jared hill tell to help me figure all of that out sort out uh what our country has going on not just in the election but um some other important things that are going on uh, and then third hour we'll meet a man named Joe Nixon. He is an incredible entrepreneur uh, in rare air, that that advertising space, but he comes from the community and has had quite a journey. So his story will be a compelling one. And I welcome you to stay for that. Ah, so talking point Tuesday. Well, um, one of the talking points that I thought about when I was getting ready for today is this idea that California is a blue state, (laughs) uh, meaning a democratic state. And I know I always say this, but I think the Iowa caucuses yesterday made the point, because they were bashing California, apparently uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and and, uh, DJT, he he who shall not be named, are running against the Golden State. They're not running against Biden. They're not running against the Democratic Party, they're running against us, the left coast. But it's just such BS because on the one hand, they're bashing us, bashing Newsom, you know. On the other hand, they got their doggone hand out because Republicans raise more in the state than almost anywhere in the United States. And one of the things that um, has been revealed in the polling around Iowa uh, is that the Republicans that live in California are MAGA Republicans. I and others, you know, well, actually, I've encountered my fair share of MAGA Republicans here. But you think about this idea that seems viable that California Republicans would be, you know, Lincoln Project folks, people who never Trumpers, people who maybe voted for him and then realize what a train wreck he is and decided, oh, I'll go with Nikki Haley because she's a confederate who doesn't look like one or whatever their choice is. But that's not the case. The majority of California voters who vote Republican are MAGA people. And so 
apparently, and the LA Times had a great story on this a couple days ago, apparently Donald J. Trump, or he who shall not be named, has an enormous lead among Republicans in the state of California. So he'll get our jumbo uh, electoral college bonus, which is having a state the size of a country. Unfortunately, that bonus doesn't extend to having a third or fourth senator, as we actually should in order to have a representative democracy. But it's going to give uh, the orange menace an immense advantage which he already has, doesn't need it, close to 50%, possibly over 50% last night, in the nominating process, simply because of California. Um, And California's not keeping him off the ballot for various reasons. Uh, Secretary of State Shirley Weber says she doesn't have that power, according to her interpretation of the state constitution. Gavin Newsom says he'd rather he get beat at the ballot box than be kept off of the doggone thing. And I can see the logic for that, even though I like to banish him from anywhere, any space, any place that is possible to do so. That said, um, this myth that we're a blue state, when in fact we are a bipolar state, the bipolar state of California includes cities, big cities, mostly along the coast, that do go very blue. Los Angeles, San Francisco, um, even Sacramento, although it's a bit more interior. And then you have large swaths of the interior. And I guess um, there's a bunch of Orange County cities that are coastal, so they don't count in that calculus of the blue. Then you've got this huge, you know, Kern County, the huge center of the state, uh, farmlands. um, And those are mostly very conservative Republican, as is Orange County, as is apparently the Republican base here in those coastal cities. Here, for me, means L.A. I'm sitting in uh, Lamert Park, had an argument on Twitter, not really an argument, a conversation, a dialogue about whether Lamert Park is in South L.A. I say yes, my friend says no, but of course he lives in Pasadena, so I don't know if he gets a vote. But anyway, wherever it is, Lamert Park, Africatown, USA, y'all know where it is, uh, the cultural and artistic capital of black Los Angeles, no disrespect to anywhere else. Well, you have, we, we, we can live in that impression, and you know that's why I always say we could build a wall around California, but it would really not work because we would have the same conflict. And I've encountered many extremely um, conservative, possibly white supremacists, I don't have the receipts, uh, persons in my encounters within Los Angeles, in places that are considered liberal bastions. So that reality, that that reality of the bipolar state of California, blue state, red state, a tale of two states, whatever you want to call it, all rolled into one, is something we are going to have to face in 2024. Because in order for Democrats, and hopefully not just Democrats, but progressives, to take over Congress, to take over the House of Representatives, in order for us to help shape that Congress, which is going to be super important, especially if um, 
Agent Orange is reelected, which it right now at this moment appears that he will be. And I'm not panicking because of Iowa. It just looks that way. There's no one else touching him. We're going to have to be that final line of resistance. And it is the blue part of the bipolar Cali life that I'm talking about. It's the Democrat part. It's the part that requires us to reach in our pockets, get serious about organizing. And look, I've heard plenty of black people, especially younger ones, saying there's no way they'll vote for for Joe Biden. Okay, you know, I'm conflicted with it too at the moment, although more than likely my... um, my anti-fascist side will take over and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make that vote. Although I, you know, I, but it, that is not even the only issue. You, we have to show up not just to vote because it is also, um, it's also about Congress. It's got to be about Congress. It's got to be about uh, our, our district attorney, our uh, judges, you know, as we see case after case, playing out across the United States that emphasizes the importance of judges and how I'm going to do my best to help us know who they are so uh, we can make informed decisions. Um, So yeah, it's not just about the top of the ticket. And if we have DJT, if he is in fact uh, the nominee, all of the work that we do, um, to, you know, shore up Congress, etc., is going to be more important than you could possibly imagine. And speaking of doing the work, getting the job done on the ground, um, my friend uh, Bobby Jean Anderson, she was former vice chair of the L.A. County Democratic Party. She's been a delegate. She has been in just about every position you could uh, be in, in local democratic politics. She has made her transition and I just want to continue to pay tribute to her and and talk about her because, you know, she is one of those people who does the work and doesn't always get the credit. And her celebration of life is going to be Thursday at um, this Thursday, the 18th at the uh, viewing will be at nine the service will be at 10 a.m. at Greater Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. That's on Denker Avenue in Los Angeles. Um, and if you are one of the p- many people who listened to Bobby Jean over the years on my various radio shows, or someone who worked with her in the trenches on these political issues, you know, we're going to give her a send off and celebration. And I have always said that I do not do funerals. Uh, I just. I have a hard time with them, but I've decided I have to, I'm going to have to suck it up and learn to go because it's important to those that are still here. The families that um, are grieving and those that are left behind. So I will definitely be there Thursday. The service is at 10 a.m. And they are asking if you want to do something uh, instead of flowers, you can send flowers, but instead of flowers, you um, you can make a tax-deductible donation in Bobby's name to the Genesee Center at Genesee.org. Genesee Center, of course, fighting domestic violence and something that Bobby Jean Anderson was dedicated to her entire life. So Genesee.org, it's Genesee with a J, um, and you can make a donation in Bobby Jean Anderson's name 
if you would like to honor her life and her work. And this is just a great reminder to all of us to step up and do whatever we can, what little we can, you know, be an election worker, uh, organize your church or your block, make a donation if you have it like that, volunteer on somebody's campaign and make phone calls. It's, you know, all hands on deck time. And I think Iowa should be the canary in the coal mine for those of us who are just uh, fooling ourselves into complacency by this myth that we live in a nice, safe, blue state. It is a bipolar state, a beautiful state, one that I love very much. Love LA. I don't plan to move, but it's time to wake up and smell the political parties. Call me now, 800-920-1580. I'm Dominique DePrima for KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Sester's favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now, right right now. now is the time to get back to you too. 800 Look, I want to thank everyone that came out to the MLK uh, Kingdom Day Parade and in whatever you call it. You all don't want to call it South LA. I call it South LA, whatever. Crenshaw District. It was nice. It was, it's coming back, right? It's not the, the level of crowds that we have had in uh, the past prior to 2020, but it is coming back. And it was great to see everybody out, everyone with a great attitude, having fun, um, even though it started out really cold, turned out to be a nice day though. But when is this cold going to end? Okay, I know y'all are clowning me saying, why does she have on that giant coat? It's cold to me. I'm sorry. I'm a California person. It is cold to me, and I'm ready for it to stop. But we really can't talk because the rest of the country is going through it um, with this. And, you know, speaking of talking points, I had someone say to me the other day that they, um, you know, why is it so cold if it's it's global warming? But it is. It's That's why people st- switch to saying climate change or the climate emergency. Because what it is, is a disruption of the normal patterns that would have been brought to us by nature. Of course, there's always been natural disasters. There's always been snow and, you know, and all kinds of things. But, uh, you know, crazy weather situations. But when it becomes so extreme like it is now, and scientists are telling us we are right within that tipping point of what could constitute... uh, something very difficult to come back for from or even impossible, then that becomes an emergency. And that's where we are now. So weather extremes could be extremely hot, extremely cold, uh, extra storms. Um, and yeah, I got my coat on. Okay. Good thing I don't live in New York um, or on the East Coast where it is insanely cold. But we did the thing and it was, it's always lovely to see, but um, you know, the, the, the folks that come out because you have local people that, you know, community-based organizations, the Brotherhood Crusade, the Urban League, you know, all those folks have floats. And then you have many different groups that are part of South LA, uh, you know, Korean Americans, uh, the Korean dance troupe and, and different Korean uh, groups that participate. You have Latino groups that participate, um, the high school marching bands, doing their thing, and of course, the companies, the corporations that 
bother to show up, which I do think is important because if you're taking uh, business, if you're doing business in our in our community, which means you're taking money out of the community, albeit in some cases providing jobs, then it's important for you to show up, give back, make that parade uh, as festive as it can be. Of course, the festival in Lamert Park um, was going down. I also want to thank everyone who showed up on yesterday, not that I am in charge of either of these things, but it was fun hanging out with you, uh, to 1500 or nothing day in the city of Inglewood. That was really fun. <laughs> if I seem tired, <laughs> I did too many uh, festivals and parties yesterday, but it was really, really fun. And so nice to see local talent. It's local talent to us, but it's international talent to the rest of the world. Coming out and giving back and hanging out. Um, yeah, you know, Warren G and uh, Corrupt and Daz and Exhibit and Dave Chappelle showed up and just got up, just got up on the stage and I'll call it a freestyled. Um, yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, Terrace Martin did an incredible, you know, set. And then, of course, 1500 or nothing. Just always amazing when it comes to uh, their musical contributions. All their students from the 1500 or nothing Academy, uh, which is a really beautiful thing that's happening where, you know, these folks who are incredibly successful within the industry are taking it upon themselves to train the next generation of artists, producers, and other creative professionals in the space. Um, so it, it was a, a blessing to see that. 800-920-1580, that's the number uh, to call if you've got something to say, like Fred from the Crenshaw District. Good morning, Fred. Oh, good, mor good morning, Sister Dominique. I was so glad to come out to the parade yesterday. It was real nice to see the different marching bands. Uh, um, Chief Moore came by. I saw Robert Luna. Barb, uh, I saw the two people running for uh, the Senate race, Adam Sheff and Barbara Lee. So uh, Maxine Waters, she was coming to. Wait, did you people. see Congresswoman Waters, Fred? She looked so sharp. She had on this black oh, pantsuit, yeah, sky-high stilettos, walking uh, the parade route. You know, um, glamour goals, hashtag goals. <laughs> oh, yeah. She really cares about her community. But that was, it was really nice to see all, all, the, all everybody. And um, in terms of... Um, the Iowa caucus, it wasn't, I don't think too much surprise that Donald Trump was going to take Iowa. But see, he might have some trouble when he go down to uh, South Carolina and New Hampshire. So I think that, you know, as you said, now we Democrats, we got our work uh, cut out for us. But if we all go out and, and, and vote, especially March 5th, November 5th, the young people, the Hispanic, the Latino, I think we can still beat Donald Trump. You know, it, 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 it can be done. And in terms of Bobby Jean Anderson, I'm a member of the New Frontier Democratic Club, and I'll be at the funeral on uh, Thursday at Greater Ebenezer Baptist Church, and she is just a big uh, uh, a trailblazer. And I started getting in politics some time ago when I was going to 
high school, I remember JFK coming out with the slogan, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And then we meet the second the second Tuesday of each month at DWP building. We have our meeting from 530 to 730, and it's very interesting. Yeah. And I would encourage people uh, to get involved with the political process. And my dad would you say, you're one of two people. You're part of the problem or part of the solution. <laughs> you have to be part of the solution. And I know you got a lot of calls lined up. Keep doing what you're doing. Take care, and God bless. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for that, Fred. You know, you're always in the front line. It's newfrontierdemocraticclub.org if you want to go pop into a meeting or do a thing. Uh, like Fred said, we've got news, traffic, and sports right now. Then we continue the conversation exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. I do thank you, 809-20-1580, if you want to weigh in on a thing. And I I always uh, love to hear your voice and your thoughts. To Fred's point about getting involved with uh, various um, organizations, right? Young Democrats, the L.A. County Democratic Party, there's um, independent organizations like Common Cause, which are nonpartisan which just work on making sure that we have uh, equal access in all communities to vote and that the elections are fair. Common Cause always needs volunteers. Even the, the NAACP, I had a friend who spent COVID making calls on behalf of the NAACP to voters, and they they accept volunteers where you wouldn't even necessarily have to leave your house uh, to make a difference. And I think that is what we are going to have to do. Yeah, Fred, you're right. We can beat uh, he who shall not be named. I just named him Trump. And and all of uh, the accessories to him, right? Uh, whether they be Congress people, whether they be local officials, a la former Sheriff Alex Villanueva, who's going to run uh, for Janice Hahn, see, he's he is running against Janice Hahn to be on the board of supervisors, a body he consistently clashed with while he was sheriff. All of those MAGA surrogates and policies can be defeated, but not if we sit back and make the mistake of 2016. It will never happen. That's the mistake of 2016. It will never happen. Our country is not that crazy. The man is convicted of you know, oh, not convicted, has been um, indicted for 92 felony counts. He's got civil cases, including the E.G. Carroll, E. Jean Carroll one, which is moving forward right now, all this stuff, and say, that's not going to happen. That is, that is the trap. To me, that is um, our downfall, and we just cannot afford uh, to do it this time. And the local election here, in um, Southern California, voting starts next month. That's a couple weeks away, really about three weeks away. So that, to me, um, 
it, that's that's the thing that we're going to have to do. We're going to have to find a way to stay intense. And maybe by us being the new us, by us, I mean the Golden State being the new whipping boy, uh, permanent whipping boy of the Republican Party, maybe that will get us fired up. Maybe we'll get sick of people talking about us. But this has got to be an effort in all 50 states. It's, it can't just be one state or one community. Black women, yeah, we may be able to save the day again, but I don't think we're going to be able to do it this time without some help. Um, and okay, speaking of black women, the Emmy Awards were, were last night. Um, not a lot of huge surprises. Secession won everything. And honestly, I would say deservedly so. I um, I think it was just an amazing show. Um, Niecy Nash had her moment, though, and she decided to speak up for black women. So, um, you know, God bless her for that, saying, you know, we don't get the love that we should get. She won for Dahmer, which I did not watch, partly on purpose, because I just wasn't feeling watching, glorifying a serial killer by watching his movie, but congratulations uh, going out to her. Um, Nisi Nash Betts, I forgot she has a new last name. Um, she kind of called out the industry. And um, Quinta Bronson won for Abbott Elementary. Not at all surprising. She's so talented. And I'm happy to see that she actually pretty fairly quickly got, has received the success for her work as a creator. Um, a writer. So congratulations going out to these women. Uh, the LA Times says diversity is back at the Emmys. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm happy to see these black women winning. Um, Ayo Adabiri won for The Bear, another show I haven't checked out, although it's cleaning up. It did really well last night at the Emmys and is a comedy, something that perhaps all of us could use a dose of right now. <coughs> um, you know, we'll see. Hollywood has never been good at being consistent when it comes to recognizing the work of people that aren't white or European American, you know, not just black folks, but I mean, actually really, especially um, Latino people, and I think about indigenous Americans and Arab Americans, almost non-existent. And when they do show up, there's very little recognition. So I'm looking forward to, I think, the continued demographic shift changing the Hollywood outlook. Because even though there is racism, white supremacy, and quite a bit of reactionary political consciousness in the entertainment community, it's also driven by dollars and data. And the dollars and data are shifting towards us. That is the reason why I believe Republicans are trying to cheat their way out of everything by gerrymandering, you know, changing the map so we put all the black people in one neighborhood, no matter how crazy the outline of that voting district looks, um, why they're doing things like doubling down on... Um, you know, DEI to keep us out of the rooms where decisions are made, doubling down on affirmative action to try to make it so that we can't get in the pipeline to be prepared to take these opportunities, lead these companies, um, 
and creative teams. They are cheating because they see the writing on the wall. And I hope that as we've seen, you know, look at the Netflix model, right? If you watch Netflix, as I do, they have so much content that is what they would call niche that 10 years ago would not have gotten distribution. You know, Indian matchmaker and all kinds of hip hop documentaries and, you know, all of the Nollywood, the, the Nigerian films, some of which are good and some of which are very terrible. Um, but they're there. You can see it. And why is that? Because their business model means they got to get more and more subscribers. In order to get more subscribers, they have to reach out to different communities and come up with something that we might be interested in paying your monthly fee to enjoy. Well, I believe, I hope, maybe I'm being naive and thinking that uh, <laughs> capitalism will self-correct for, for racism to an extent here and sexism and the... Um, you know, the glass ceiling in Hollywood is real. But to some extent, the fact that these, the numbers are just changing, they've always been there. Our, those audiences, us, we've always been there and we've always gone to the movies and watched television. But it gets to a critical mass where you can't just ignore it and pretend that we don't exist or that we d are not consumers who need to be catered to. And of course, the downside of that Netflix model is they, they, you know, they cancel shows because they always want new subscribers. They're not as concerned about having another season of Ozark until their subscriber base revolts and says, we want another season. Then they change their mind and go back and do it. They're quick to do a new show, try to bring in new subscribers and then dump it um, in the quest for ever expanding, uh, you know, revenue, which... That is that is what leads to the, the predatory capitalist model, this idea that you can forever and ever and ever expand your profitability into infinity. <laughs> there's only so many humans on the planet. You know, there's only so many resources. There has to be some kind of shift in that to sustainability, to um, healthy maintenance of your company, uh, healthy maintenance of a cash flow, rather than how do we squeeze every, every bit of blood out of this turnip? How do we continue to exploit workers to the point where they go on strikes all over the country? Um, because wages have been flat for so long and at a time when we're seeing prices go up, 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 um, so we'll see, you know, how those how those forces um, balance each other out or do not. But uh, congratulations going out to, you know, everyone who wins. Um, I had the thrill when I was quite young of winning um, local Emmys, actually five times, and it was really exciting. I think um, one of the most exciting things about that was being in the room. It's Northern California, Hawaii region. Being in that room, and then the very first time that I heard my name called as a winner um, was, uh, you know, I won for talent, writing, and producing. Um, audibly hearing someone say, who? <laughs> and being in a room full of 
nominees that were not black. Um, it was, <laughs> and then my brother jumping up like he was at a Raiders game and screaming, yeah, <laughs> like, that's not what you're supposed to do at uh, these, you know, fancy, fancy award spaces. But I, I think it taught me a lesson because I, I was honored and it was, it was fun and it helped me at my job, but my television show back then, Home Turf, but, um, they changed the rules afterwards. They made it to where only news people could compete in the news category and people in programming that wasn't news could not compete in the news category. Uh, they weren't going to let <laughs> some little black girl or boy show up another year with some random show and beat out uh, sitting newscasters. But it doesn't matter. They changed the rules. We bob and weave because that's what we do. That's what... Um, black folks have done always historically it's what let latino people do it's what we do adapt what is the the marines uh adjust and overcome something like that the marines why do i know that anyway i'd love to talk with you 800-920-1580 that is the number so much going on here locally nationally internationally that needs our lens on it. For me, the urgent call to action, though, is going to be about this election because I think last night's results were a warning shot, a warning shot to all of us um, to step up because otherwise we're going to wonder what hit us, not just our little city, our neighborhood, but our, our, our country. I think you know that. I know we're tired of hearing it, but it's time to take our fingers out of our ears and stop going la, 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 and realize this is where we are. And we are the ones that can stop the demise of, uh, of our beloved country. I'm Dominique DePrima, and this is KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. See? This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. Um, I, and of course, I didn't forget Jasmine Canick. They have that um, ceremony that, I mean, Jasmine Canick. She, uh, well, I, maybe she'll get an Emmy. She doesn't have one yet. I meant Jasmine Guy, actress uh, for short form, co- form comedy or drama series for Chronicles of uh, Jessica Wu. This is the creative Emmys. They do it. It's part of it, but they do it off camera. Um, Storm Reed also won a very talented young African-American actress. So, so congratulations to her uh, for guest actress in The Last of Us. RuPaul won. Kiki Palmer, actually, amazingly, the first black woman to win for game show, which is crazy to me because I just think we'd be amazing game show hosts. I think Kiki uh, showed how it's done. I haven't seen it, but uh, she did Password. And then Maya Rudolph won for a voiceover. And President Barack Obama got an Emmy. That his was also in the creative um, category for narrator. Um, he actually is now a two-time Emmy Award winner. And Asian Americans had a huge night. Ali Wong becomes the first Asian American to win a lead Emmy, a lead acting Emmy. Um, and that the show Beef, which I did watch, I, I watched some of it. It's, you know, it's cleaning up. It's dark. It's good. Um, Steve Yuen won, also won for lead in that and uh, several others um they collected several others for directing and writing. So that's a big deal. And and it 
I think it is important because we live in a country with everybody. Everybody's doing the work, doing good work. But I, I feel like when it comes to the Hollywood prizes, um, the Emmys, you know, and, and the Oscars particularly, we just don't see Arab American, indigenous American, Asian American getting the love uh, that they should. Black folks don't either, but we're a little bit more present because we uh, we organize, we march. We also, we have a, always had an outside, outsized role in the entertainment industry, whether we get credit for it or not, because we're just creative like that. Uh, Deb from Compton, good morning. Hey, good morning, Dominique. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? I am blessed. Uh, good morning to uh, the KBLA listeners and family and Miles Blow, Tavis. So I watched uh, most of uh, the results last night uh, via MSNBC. Uh, I like to hear what Michael Steele has to say and mm, Claire McCaskill, Joy Reid. I, I like to hear what they have to say. But um, they interviewed... Uh, one of the uh, voters' constituents in Iowa and asked him why he was supporting Trump. And he said because he believed that God put Trump in the position to change, uh, you know, he's like, he didn't say he was a messiah, but he said he knew that God put him in this position and uh, he felt that he, you know, we needed to get him back in office. Uh, so that he could do the work of the Lord. And uh, so I was like, wow. And Joy Reid made the uh, statement that religion is when your Savior dies for you. A cult is when you die for your Savior. Yeah, that's a great point. Hold that thought, (laughs) Deb. Uh, We'll continue the conversation when we come forward. I definitely have some thoughts on your thoughts, and hopefully you have... Some more thoughts on top of that. Uh, she called 800-920-1580. You can to KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. loud. KBLA Talk 1580. Find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see. We're KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah, Deb from Compton called and brought up, you know, talking about the Iowa, Iowa caucuses last night. And the coldest, speaking of bad signs, <laughs> the coldest caucuses they've had in forever. So you were mentioning, Deb, that we're starting to hear this more and more of this evangelical kind of um, vibe around the former president, the 45th president that he was. I mean, I guess maybe they've been saying it in their own circles for a while, but it's bubbling up now to the mainstream. And there's even a spot, an ad um, that uh, I saw, which basically positions Trump as some kind of a messiah or savior not you know not a political savior but some kind of spiritual savior exactly and you know that is deeply concerning i mean it's one it's one thing for the whole you know MAGA movement but now to have these in evangelicals which i'm i'm thinking what doctrine are you believing or what Religion are you practicing that you are now putting Donald Trump, 91 indictments against him, 
already actually convicted on three of them. And he's, to say that God uses everybody, okay, we know, but to say that God put him in place as if he is special or yeah. Well, I I think it's concerning too, because it's sort of, um, it, it supersedes normal electoral politics, right? If people think that someone is some kind of savior, that's why we supposedly don't have a theocracy. We have the separation of church and state, because if you have someone, you know, um, like, like the Taliban who can tell you, our laws are based on our morality, so women can't dress this way. There, what happened? There goes freedom of religion, freedom of expression. You know, there goes our constitution. Might as well tear it up, flush it down the toilet. Because if it, authoritarianism is 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 hugely problematic, and and Trump has already said he's headed in that direction. I think he's already there. But a theocracy, a a religious authoritarian government is. You know, is is this close to emperor, right? Exactly. And uh, someone, uh, I forgot who they said, actually compared him to David <laughs> from the Bible. As if to say, David <sighs> was so flawed, but he was a man of God and God loved him. Okay, so now Trump? Trump is being compared to Dave. I can't. I cannot, Dominique. What yeah. is going on? And where where are they serving this Kool-Aid or these drugs? Because we have got to get them off the street. <laughs> apparently it was uh, Ben Carson who made that comparison. That, um, to, to David. Yeah, that was Ben. Remember him? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's laugh to keep from crying time, march to keep from dying time. That's all I can say. This election does matter. Our votes are going to matter. And our conversations are going to be so important with family, friends, and those who may be wavering whether we fully are aware of it or not. Deb, great points all. Um, we've got news, traffic, and sports now. Then we'll be talking with award-winning journalist Jared Hill on KBLA Talk 1580.